brings him glory. Amen? As God grows you, God gets glorified. As God grows you, fruit comes out of your life that brings God glory. Amen? In Ephesians chapter number 2, we're going we're gonna to look at our bulletins shortly, but first let me read two verses for you. In Ephesians chapter number 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter number 1, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, just take a minute and think about that, that God has blessed us with some, 90%. He's blessed us with what? Every. Say every. 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 That means God, that means God withholds nothing from you. God is saying, I want to bless you with every spiritual blessing. Now, if you ever took time to think of every blessing that God has, you'd be overwhelmed. You just cannot, you just cannot comprehend. But God is saying, I want to bless you with every spiritual blessing. I want to hold back nada, nothing from you. He says in the heavenly places, verse four, just as he chose us, so can we give thanks to God for the spiritual blessings that he bestows upon us? Can you just, can you just say right now, thank you, Lord. Say it with me. Thank you, Lord, for the spiritual blessings, for every spiritual blessing that you bestow upon me. We need to, as we read the word of God, we need to respond. A response is required as whenever you read the word of God. God wants you to say, be happy, be cheerful, be say, wow, look at what God has provided for me. Because of who you are? No, but because who he's made you to be. It says, because just as he chose us, verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. How is that possible, to be holy and blameless before him? Only through Christ Jesus, who he gave freely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God's desire is that you, me, we, be holy and blameless in him. So thank God that his desire is that we can stand before him holy and blameless. Think about that. It's his desire. And can we thank God that he's allowed us through Christ to be redeemed, to be cleansed, to be saved, to have that garment of righteousness, that garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness that we can stand before him. You have something to be thankful for. You have some, we have, we, we have something to be thankful for. That God has called us to his righteousness in Christ. And five, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. Think about it. God has chosen to adopt you. When a, when, a, when a child is out there with no parents, he wonders or she wonders, does anybody care about me? Does anybody know that I even exist? Does anybody love me? I don't know if any of you have ever been orphaned and without parents, without anyone in the world, but just think of a, a child who has no one, left in this world with no father, no mother, 
no one to care for them, wondering who will love me, who's going to take care of me, who's going to, whose arms are going to come running to embrace me. But that's how we were. When we were, when we sinned and we got separated from God, we were apart in a world that did not want us, a world that would reject us. But God says, I chose you to adopt you as my son. And I'm going to clean you and put a, gar- a garment of salvation on you, a robe of righteousness on you. I want you to stand before me blameless because I chose you as my son, as my daughter. And God has called us sons, made us sons, made us daughters. And if we can't give thanks to God for that He's adopted us, hallelujah. He's adopted you into the household of the Lord. And so He's adopted us, verse 6, to the praise and glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in His Beloved. And that's why in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says in verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will is for us to give thanks to Him for all that He has done and provided for us. He has done more for us than we could ever do for ourselves. And so in all things, we give thanks to the Lord. Those are just some of the things that you can even begin to think about. If you take in your little, uh, in your uh, bulletin here, and you open to the history of Thanksgiving, the history of America's Thanksgiving Day. And it says the pilgrims thanked God during the first Thanksgiving harvest festival in 1621. They had come over here, and it says they thanked God in that same first paragraph, for the Native American chief Squanto, who taught them how to survive in the New World. Here they were, they came to a New World, and they didn't know how to survive, and God sent this Indian, this this man Squanto, to them to help provide for them, to help to show them what they needed to do. How many of you know that in this life, We're in situations and circumstances sometimes that we don't know which way to go, what to do. And God always sends someone alongside of you to help you in your time of need. Always. I see it time and again. And just like back then when those pilgrims were there, God sent Squanto to help, to be a help and a guide to them. And so in your life, no matter what situation or circumstance you're in, God sends someone, maybe not like you, maybe different from you, but God sends someone alongside of you to guide you and help you through your times and seasons and situations and circumstances. I've seen that so many times in our life, in my life, in our life. God always manages to send someone, have someone come alongside of you to be a help in your time of need. Always. And so we have thanks that God, even here, sends us help in our times of need. And it says in the next paragraph, the first government, the Continental Congress, uh, they set aside in 1777. 777. In 1777, they announced the first Thanksgiving. And George Watt, and it says there, the Continental Congress says, listen, look at that. It says, it is the indispensable duty of all men to endure, to adore, to adore 
the superintending providence of God Almighty. Superintending. God wants to direct us and guide us with his wisdom and with his counsel. And any man or any nation who rejects the counsel and the wisdom and the guidance of God is on a road that's going to crash. They're on a road to destruction, a road that's on frustration and despair. God wants to direct us. God wants to lead us. God wants to counsel us. And so that is so wonderful. And the last one I want to read in the the history of Thanksgiving is where it says where George Washington wrote, where it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Do we need the protection and the favor of God on our lives and on our country and on our house and on our jobs? And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Thanksgiving was set by men and by our government. But Thanksgiving was set by God. God's word calls us to be a people of thankfulness, of thanksgiving. I have a little clip here that's that's going to show us about that history, uh, the first Thanksgiving. And live our heritage. Be thankful. Even as God in his word has called us to be thankful, the country that we live in was established in faith in God and established in thankfulness to the Lord God, that he would lead us and guide us in all things. And so we thank God that we have a place where we can come and gather freely to worship the Lord our God. If you look inside the first uh, cover, it says Thanksgiving Scriptures. And I would like to ask four people, uh, well, I have four, four Scriptures I would like to read, I'd like to have four volunteers. Anyone would like to volunteer to read the, the scriptures? I need four people. Let's start with the ladies. Jane, would you read Psalm 130, 136, verses 2 and 3? Praise the Lord. Brother Joe, would you read Psalm 138, verse 2? Sherry, nice and loud. First Chronicles 16, 8 and 9. Amen. Brother Brandon, nice and loud, my brother. Romans 14, verse 6. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Bless the Lord. We have many verses of Scripture in which to praise the Lord for. If you open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 2, I just want to look at a few verses also that give thanks to the Lord. Hebrews chapter number 2. On a day of thanksgiving, we want to give thanks to a God who loves us and cares about us. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 18. It reads, For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are being tempted. Thank God that he is able to rescue us, to give us a way of escape, to get us away 
and out of the snares of the fowler. Because the Lord says that he was, the Bible says that Jesus wasn't tempted in every way that we were. So Jesus knows what temptation is like. And he stands ready to help you every day and every moment of your life. He is He's the deliverer, he's the redeemer, but the Lord stands with you to make the right choice. We must decide, we must choose. Lord, I, I don't want, I want out of this temptation. Because temptations come and they look good. A temptation is not something that looks terrible or bad. How many of you know temptations are very tempting? That's why, why do they call them temptations? Because they're enticing you, they're tempting you to say, oh yeah, I want that. You know, you ever see on football, when you watch football, that thing goes, I want that, you know? And that's what temptation does. It wants you to get to, to say, I want that. But the Lord comes in, knowing that temptation, He comes in and He stands with you to say, no, resist. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So the Lord, thank God, He is a help for us that we don't stand alone against the temptations of life every day. How many of you here have have faced a temptation? Don't lie, tell the truth. How many of you have faced temptation? We all have. There's no man or woman living who has not been tempted. And, And as long as you live in this body, in flesh and blood, in this world, you will be tempted. But thanks be to God, He stands with us in that time and moment of temptation to say, I can give you a way of escape, a way out. I can rescue you from this temptation. All we need to do is call upon His name, look to Him, and draw from His strength the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word in us, and guess what? We will be able to escape that temptation, get out of its snare, because it wants to ensnare us and trap us, and once you're in it, it's hard to get out. It's like getting in quicksand. I don't know if you've ever been in quicksand. I hope you never have. I hope you never will be. But quicksand, once you're in it, no matter how much you struggle, you can't get out. You only go deeper and deeper and deeper. And unless someone comes to rescue you, you will be sunk. You will go down and you will die in that quicksand. And so the same thing with temptation and sin. It wants to envelop us to pull us down. But the Lord says, I've come to rescue you, to pull you out of that temptation. Even if you got caught up in it, God is saying, I'm able to take you out of that. And so call upon the name of the Lord. Thank God he's able to, to take us out of every temptation and every snare that we've been caught in. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find help and find grace to help in time of need. How many of you have had problems with something, uh, software or uh, an appliance or your car, and you call and you call the company and uh, they say, sorry, business hours, you got to call back. And, and when you do call back during business hours, you got to go through a whole progress of uh, it hit number one for English, two for Spanish, three for the unknown language or whatever. And you got to keep going round and around. And, and then if you ever get to somebody that can help you, they probably refer you to someone else and you get disconnected in between. But God has a 24-7 helpline. God says there's a you come boldly to his throne of grace to find what? 
to find mercy and grace and help when you're in need. When you call God on that hotline, Lord, I need help right now, you don't get a, a, a busy signal, you don't get a, a dial tone, or you don't get, you. God says, come. Thank God He stands ready 24-7 to hear us and to help us in our times of need. That we can find it. Grace and mercy. Amen. Thank God that He's available always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank God for that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. If you look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation. Thank God. That we are, we are speaking, we are speaking concerning better things concerning you and your salvation. You see, when God saved you, He saved you for a future and a hope of good things. God is growing you. He's putting into your life that things which makes you better. And so He says, because you're saved, we can expect better things of you. You know, people in this life might not expect good things of you. And sometimes parents have even spoken into our lives things that that give us no hope and things that detract from us and things that make us feel we are unworthy or not of no value. But God says, because you are saved, because of the salvation, people, you can expect better things from your life. Because God at work in you brings forth excellence, brings forth goodness. He takes he takes ashes and brings forth beauty out of the ashes. So the Word of God says we can expect better things out of our lives. No matter how, how we're doing today, if we're doing good, we'll get better. If we're, so God is saying the Word of God says He expects and people, we are to expect better things from us, through us, because we're, we're connected to the supply of heaven where every spiritual blessing is poured into our life to enrich us, to build us up, and to grow. Thank God. Thank God. God grows us and and is expecting great things for us. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hence, also, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through Christ, through him, since he always lives to make intercession. God is active. He's actively. You ever drive on a highway and you and you see the signs that when the light is flashing, you're you're in an active work zone. And if the lights aren't flashing, you can you know no there's you know it's not an active. And when the lights are flashing, you're in you know you're in an active work zone. Slow down, right? But with God's word, with God, His the light is always flashing in our life. He's always He's actively working in our lives. And so sometimes we got to slow down a little bit and let God be God in our lives. He's under, we're, we're works, our lives are under construction. We are under construction. And so God tells us to slow down a little bit. Put, you know, from that, from that pace of this world, from that pace of busyness of life, slow down a little bit. Let God, you're under construction. Let God work in your life. Take it easy. Calm down. Take a deep breath every now and then. God, we're works under construction. So God, is always saving us. He's always interceding for us. God is always looking at your life and praying for you. You know that? God is praying for you, Brandon. Mark, God's praying for you right now. God doesn't wait. God always, He knows better than we do, but God is always praying for us 
And he's always working in our lives. And so how wonderful is that? Do we have much to give thanks for that God is actively working in us, actively praying for, for, for me, for me? Say it. Say God is praying for me. Say Jesus is praying for me. Say it. It's true. It's not faith. It's, it's believing the Word of God. It's agreeing with the Word of God that Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is working in your life. And so thank you, Lord, that you're praying for me. Thank you that you're working in my life. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrews 9.28, Hebrews 9.28, it says here, So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Thank God we are not left alone. Thank God we have something to look forward to, someone to look forward to. The Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if we depart this body before the Lord comes, we're going to be with Him. And when He comes, we're going to be coming with Him in the clouds. But if we're here when He comes, we have something to look forward to because He's going to take us up to be with Him. And so the Lord has not left us. Thank God He has not left us on our own to to, to try and, and live right because we can't do it with... But thank God we have a home to look forward to. We have a Savior who's coming for us again. So we, we have a hope to look forward to. And so we are thankful that God lives and that He's watchful for us, that He's coming for us, that He's prepared a place for us. Thank God for all these things. We can go on and on and on and on through the Word of God. And every chapter, every verse, there's something to give thanks for the, to the Lord for. And so we, as we, uh, in, in your pamphlets there, you have other prayers and other things that you can give thanks to the Lord for. And if you open to the middle page here, you'll see that we have in here, it says 50 things I'm thankful in 2007 for. Now, I don't want you to write them down right now. I want you to, 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 to listen and pay attention. But what I would like you to do, what I would challenge you to do, is to take, when you go home, or even even uh, in the course of uh, this day, start writing down the things that you personally are thankful to God for. And at your Thanksgiving Day table, take this list and share some of the things. Now, don't go sharing 50 things that you're thankful for. You'll never get to eat the turkey. But share with the, share with the people around your Thanksgiving Day table some of the things that you are personally thankful to God for. And so we need to hear that. As we hear people giving thanks, we become thankful. If you're around people that are complaining around the Thanksgiving table, you're going to complain. So around your Thanksgiving table, take out the list and read this of a few, one or two or whatever, of things that you are thankful for. And remember, please, leave time to eat the turkey. All right? Praise the Lord. And so I want to challenge you to, to, to do that. And so some of the things also that we are thankful for, uh, I want to show we have another a PowerPoint clip on, on things to be thankful for. And you'll see items like family and friends and food and different things. So just a visual helps. That PowerPoint that says thanks, Lindsay, 
So we have much to give thanks to the Lord for. And so I just pray uh, again that this Thanksgiving that you'll you'll think on and meditate on and, and recall the so much that we have to give thanks to the Lord for. Well, bless the Lord. And again, we do wish each and every one of you a very blessed and a very happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I want to close this morning service with a, a word of prayer. But before I do, uh, I just want to ask if there's anyone here who wa- want to give a word of thanks. Uh, not a, not a, don't preach and don't, don't give a, a three-hour testimony. But if you have a word of thanks that you would like to give to the Lord, I want to give you that opportunity now before we close in a word of prayer. Anyone who wants to give thanks to the Lord this morning for something, for someone.